FM Radio for the Agile Community. www.agile.fm. Welcome to another episode of Agile FM. Today I'm here with uh, Peter Koning. Uh, he is a Uh, author of the book Agile Leadership Toolkit Learning to Thrive with Self-Managing Teams published in September 2019. He's a professional scrum trainer with scrum.org. He has a lot of background uh, which we're going to explore here in the next minutes. Uh, he can be reached on via Twitter at Peter Agile. No space in between. Peter Agile. And um, one topic I'm curious about, we don't have to jump into this right away, but Uh, we will be covering something that is uh, about a hundred-year strategy. How intriguing! Yeah, indeed. Welcome to the podcast, Peter. Thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm doing great. Excellent. And I wanted to uh, first of all congratulations to the to the book release, uh, the Agile Leadership Toolkit. Um, and uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about a few topics with you. Um, you're also blogging actively, and um, it, it came to my attention that you are you did like a little bit of a tour. Maybe you can explain that a little bit in Stockholm, yeah. Sweden. Yeah. 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 So um, one of the things that I love to do is to bring leaders together because I think uh, leaders can learn from experts, but they especially can also learn a lot from fellow leaders. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that we do regularly is that we, together with leaders, we organize a trip where the goal is twofolded, uh, learn from other companies, other countries, other cultures, mm -hmm. and learn from each other. And this time we went to Stockholm to visit uh, various companies mm -hmm. uh, with a group of 15 leaders from the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really, really energizing and in inspiring to see how mm -hmm. other companies kind of solved similar issues that I think almost every company has. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, so, so this excellent. So this is all uh, focused on on leadership, etc. Well, a couple of things that stood out. You uh, captured some of those. Uh, um, I just want to hear your opinion about it, and obviously we're going to explore them a little bit. Um, one of the things was local leadership. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What uh, What's behind that concept? Why is that one of those? I believe seven findings, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys had when you came back, and it's like local leadership. Uh, what does local refer to? So one of the things that I uh, thought eight, eight, ten years ago, so back in uh, 2010, um, is that as, as soon as you visit a company where upper management is, is really showing the right leadership, that's the only way to really get an agile culture. Mm -hmm. But what I saw when I entered larger companies in the Netherlands is that those, the downside of those leaders is that they are responsible for ten thousands of people. So that their actual influence on the culture, on the workforce is relatively low. Mm -hmm. And what I discovered at some successful agile transformations and agile adoptions, that it was more a middle manager who just showed a lot of leadership that really changed the culture instead of just waiting for the upper boss to change. Mm -hmm. And that local leadership is what I call is that the just the average middle manager somewhere down the hierarchical chain mm -hmm. just created a local different culture within his own hierarchy, but also started to show uh, different business results, uh, better business results to upper managers. So upper managers started to adopt accordingly. Mm -hmm. So 
what I'm in my coaching of leaders for the last two, three years, I focus, don't wait for your boss to change. Start showing better results and influence those results. Use those results to influence your boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really creating ownership or proactiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, almost at every spot in the organization. So that's what I mean with local leadership. Mm-hmm. Excellent, yeah. Uh, another thing that um, that stood out to me was uh, community learning. Like um, community learning is, we often hear that term in in regards to team learning, right? Or uh, if, if we're using the Scrum language, the development teams um, of community learning, like learning within the teams and among the teams, etc. But that's uh, that's an interesting point. Obviously, I'm not uh, surprised from an angle that uh, that is useful, but. On the leadership level, that's quite intriguing too. Uh, community learning, how does that affect the, the leadership level? So, yeah, that's that's I I've, I haven't figured it out completely yet. But one of the things that that really stood out at the hotel that we visited is what they used is is viral change or social learning or community learning to really start changing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, from a leadership perspective, triggers me for you for for several years now is that you've got those hypes like Pokemon and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Angry Birds, etc. Mm-hmm. Those those people change their behavior relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't feel forced to start using Pokemon. They just start using Pokemon, spending a lot of time on it, and having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a kind of changing the organization or changing behavior different than the traditional way where you have this delta that you want to achieve and this destined future culture that you want to achieve. Now, you, this community learning is what I see is that you kind of help people showing the new behavior and make them mm-hmm. successful and make it fun for them to show the, the new behavior. Mm-hmm instead of doing all kinds of traditional transformation programs. Mm-hmm. So is this, um, between, is this between the leaders or is this more like something you identified in your visit there with, with the companies or is this uh, between the leaders and the teams and the rest of the organization or, or maybe a mix? No, we, no, we saw that really at that hotel, mm-hmm. um, Scandic, mm-hmm. and they, they really used the people uh, to, to yeah, kind of use a social platform and social adoption mm-hmm. that people that showed the new behavior were were successful because they created followers. There was this beer tender that just helped other beer tenders serve better cocktails and nice nice drinks. Mm-hmm. And he got uh, thousands of followers, which were direct colleagues of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that really created a culture of, of knowledge transfer, uh, doing the utmost for your for your customers, mm-hmm. far beyond a top-down traditional leadership program, transformation program I do. Awesome. So it was really one of the leaders at the, at the company that we visited that, mm-hmm. that used the adoption of a viral change to change the organization. That was fun here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Viral, that's, I think this is the word I was, uh, was looking for. Excellent, right? Uh, uh, what's interesting also is just uh, probably closely connected to the community here, community learning, and uh, I don't know if that was with the hotel or with some other companies you visited, was that surprised me quite a bit, is uh, a lot of one-on-ones, right, uh, were pointed out, and, and we're all about crowdsourcing and uh, using the teams, autonomous teams, etc. 
Um, and, and that is a finding uh, you had uh, in, your, in your leadership visit there, that there was a lot of uh, one-on-ones. Why is that? And it's very often not the most efficient thing, but in this case, it seems to be a highlight of your trip. Yeah, so it surprised us that several successful transformation where you really want to get the utmost out of your people, mm-hmm. um, you, they, those people got a lot of one-on-one time with mm-hmm. either a coach or a manager, depending on how the organization was structured. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the one of the moods or the vibes that that gave is that people that really put a different tone to the words like people are important. Mm-hmm. Well, people are important because we show that by spending a lot of time on people. Mm-hmm. Um, so was that like a leadership coach or something? Or was it like a, an agile yeah, coach? No, or how how would people need different, to? Yeah. Different companies solve that differently. But for example, at Spotify, you have this uh, chapter leader. Mm-hmm that really spend a lot of time with individual people in his chapter, both on psychological things like uh, uh, being proactive and showing initiative, stuff like that, mm-hmm. but also on craftsmanship skills. Mm-hmm. Um, at another, So then you have this formal manager that kind of does it. At another company, they say, well, we ask so much out of our people, we better treat them like sportsmen, mm-hmm. which have several coaches. Uh, uh, both for mental as for their job. Mm-hmm. So those companies had, for every employee, they had ac- quick access to two types of coaches. Okay. One coach that would make their, their job better, better developer or better architect or better consultant. Mm-hmm. And another coach would just make him mentally more mature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, that, was, cool. that was really putting another tone to People are important. Oh, can, absolutely! Yeah. yeah, people carving out the time for one-on-ones, yeah. which is a, uh, you know, if you're looking at the the time ratio you you you're putting in, that's that's quite an that's quite an effort on in this particular case a, a chapter lead, right? Um, yeah. Before we before we move on to to your book, actually, because I also have a few questions around that for you, and uh, maybe you can expose some of the topics uh, of your book to to the listeners here. Um, obviously, my little cliffhanger from the beginning was a 100-year strategy. You, you met a company uh, in your trip that had a 100-year strategy. I'm glad it's not a 100-year plan, <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. uh, but it's a 100-year strategy. Uh, now, yeah. that is obviously way out there and beyond, uh, I think, everybody listening to this uh, beyond lifetime here. Um, yeah. Why is that? What is it? And um, it, how does it exist? So their 100 year strategy for that company was that they had, uh, that was consisted of two, three ingredients. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they believed is that going to work should be fun. Uh, So you might call it, yes, it's Monday or something else. But, but when you spend so much time and energy on your work, why, why not make it our core strategy for the next 100 years that for all, for all our employees, it should be fun to go to work. Mm-hmm. Second thing is part of their strategy is what they call business wellness is that uh, it there should not be profit maximizer, but enough profit to make the right amount of investment. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rest of the profit is just shared with the employees. So when employees are doing better or when market is doing better, employees should benefit from it because they spend a lot of in, they invest a lot of time in the company. Mm-hmm. So another part of their hundred-year strategy was is that people would 
actually not only take ownership, but also be owner mm-hmm. of the company in, in shareholder perspective. Um, so, and the third thing was let's, let's implement this idea of uh, work should be fun at our company, at our customers. Mm-hmm. So any, anybody that wants to create business wellness or have a healthier com- com- uh, company, they can hire us as consultants to help them with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that those three ingredients like work should be fun, mm-hmm. employees should be, benefit from the profit. Mm-hmm. And let's find customers that want the same thing. That was their 100-year strategy. Well, I mean, there are very elevated kind of things, right? When, uh, but it, it's good to know that a company that is, you know, looking forward for like 100 years, that fun is still an important thing at work, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome here. Yeah. yeah, awesome. And also the uh, sharing, you know, in terms of the business profits, et cetera, right? Um, yeah. So the sustainability and uh, apparently there's still humans uh, included in a strategy 100 years out. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. cool. Let's uh, take a little bit of a look at your uh, book that just recently came out, The Agile Leadership Toolkit, Learning to Thrive with Self-Managing Teams, uh, published in 2019, September 2019. Uh, you wrote this book and uh, there are four parts. Uh, obviously, I want to find out is like, why did you uh, uh, approach this book undertaking um, like something like this is obviously a, a massive effort uh, putting this together. What are you passionate about in terms of leadership? But also I want to explore possibly one of the four parts in your book and maybe you can uh, take a little bit of a deeper dive into uh, one of those four. Just for the listeners, I wrote them down as the co-create goals, facilitate ownership, learn faster, design healthy habits. Uh, maybe we explore one of those. But first of um, maybe what's, what's your passion behind this, this topic and, um, and, and going into a project like this, uh, which probably killed many, many weekends uh, with your family? <laughs> yes, indeed. So it was, um, I, I never sat, sat down 10 years ago and was saying, I want to be an author, I want to be a publisher, mm-hmm. a publisher of a book. But one of the things that I'm, I'm a senior consultant at, uh, in the Netherlands, uh, consulting a lot of bigger companies. Um, and one of the things that I saw is that the, the average leader in an organization somehow liked Agile. Mm-hmm. They liked the idea of, of the right amount of autonomy and uh, creating this thriving environment. But many leaders struggled that they didn't know how to do that. So when things became hard when things became difficult they felt back to traditional tools like gen charts planning mm-hmm. uh, pushing budget because they didn't have new tools for difficult situations for this new environment mm-hmm. so i observed that and thought well we should have we have to give those leaders new tools so that when they actually are struggling with agile and self-managing teams they when they step in and, and do stuff, they make it better instead mm-hmm. of only can go back to uh, uh, the pre-agile area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then tools should be also very practical, like metrics, uh, uh, overviews, uh, uh, meetings uh, in the language that they were used to. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I saw is that when you start using metrics and you only have velocity, you you will hard you are it's hard for a team to become very effective because they are only rewarded for their output, not per se for their value. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
if you don't have a metric that indicates whether what teams what winning the match means, you can only when you compare that with soccer, you can mm-hmm. only value teams by their ball possession or corners taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and the velocity is only telling you something like ball possession, but not whether whether you are winning the match. That's right. Um, so let's let's define a metric and just for fun call that key value indicator. Mm-hmm which is just an indicator for agile teams when they are doing better. Not when they are doing more, but when they are more effective or mm-hmm. doing smarter things. What's winning the match? So that's part of part one. And creating this environment for for self-managing teams needs that they are rewarded not for working harder, but for achieving more value. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually drove leaders to saying, well, I, I've got no clue when, when this team is doing better. Uh, in a year, so mm-hmm. they start making that clear with their appropriate stakeholders, and then you see that they, by doing stuff, they they make it for teams more clear what how to optimize value, and then all of a sudden agile drove better. And one of the companies that I visited to dive into one of the parts, they were talking about DAO all day, and I thought, what is DAO? Mm-hmm. So I asked them, so what what's DAO meaning? And they explained to me and say, well, DAO is our daily active users. Mm-hmm. It's the millions of users that for the last 24 hours really used the app that they are building. Mm-hmm. Um, and when when the team joined the, the next morning, the company uh, arrived at the company, they mm-hmm. were they were looking at dashboards, seeing how the DAO was doing, seeing how their latest uh, functionality was positively or negatively influencing it. Mm-hmm. And they were constantly together optimizing DAO. And that those managers were not focused on velocity or reliability, they were just finding out ways mm-hmm. to better inform the teams how they did with their DAO. Mm-hmm. It's excellent because that, but it also means that the leadership team needs to um, emphasize that this is the value they're looking at, right? So that this yeah. is where the leadership yeah. aspect comes in, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also makes clear for them what their their new job is. It's it's creating insight and transparency on how the team is doing on value perspective mm-hmm. as one yeah. of the parts. Yeah, so uh, I've just been, you started talking about the Dow, it's like I thought about obviously the Dow Jones, right? But <laughs> very similar to Dow Jones, <laughs> right? Also yeah. an indicator of some sort, right? So that's a yeah. great analogy here, right? Yeah. Um, so you also explore um, in, in your in your book, you also uh, take it really down to like a like very tactical kind of things as well because it is a toolkit at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, meeting tips, right? Meeting facilitation. Um, yeah. Do you want to share like maybe to the end of our podcast here together, maybe something concrete like somebody can walk away from this episode and says, "I'm going to try that in my next meeting, or do something different in my meeting, or possibly see a behavior I'm currently doing my be- meeting. I can change." Is there something uh, you have in your repertoire, um, maybe out of the book, or maybe something after you have uh, published the book where you feel like that would be a concrete thing for people to try? So, so managers, um, one of the one of the mindsets is that uh, you as a manager are not so much more on details of planning or managing the teams, because that when self-managing teams they can manage themselves. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I advise. Um, leaders when they are starting to use this toolkit is to, for example, just ask open questions like, how fast do we get feedback from our users? Mm -hmm. So 
how, how much time does it take for the stuff that we deployed yesterday or or the things that we the changes that we implemented yesterday mm-hmm. when will we get feedback from our users whether they like it or not um and and those open questions and 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 asking then how can we improve that mm-hmm. those that's crucial in for agile and self managing teams because when it takes them one year or one and a half years before the team gets feedback on how, how they actually did it mm-hmm. it's hard for them to find improvements or or create a continuous improvement culture yeah so that's one of the open questions that you can just yeah, do for a mm-hmm. uh, starting meeting or just the last five minutes mm-hmm. of a meeting tomorrow. Just ask that, and just together get that insight and try to op- to improve it. Mm-hmm. Very cool, uh, Peter. Yeah. This is this this is very uh, useful. We have um, learned a little bit about hey, meeting can can be improved by open more open questions. We have seen a hundred year strategy. We learned about more about leadership. Uh, tools and collected together in a toolkit written by you, uh, published in 2019, so this is brand new. Uh, folks out there, take a, take a look at this book and uh, get in touch with uh, Peter at Peter Agile, that is on Twitter handle. Um, Peter, thank you so much for taking your time, uh, yeah. giving a little bit more insights on the leadership. Continue your journeys uh, to other countries in this world. Capture the results in those blog posts, very useful. Thank you so much, Peter. Yeah, you too, Jochen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.